So then, now, our message. Our message. I'm so excited about this message because it, uh, it points out a few things to us that we as Christians, I think, need to really be aware of so that we might have a victorious, glorious walk with our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. The title of the sermon is Two Kingdoms. Two Kingdoms. And it would be absolutely a legitimate question if you would ask, why would you want to focus on two kingdoms when really we should just focus on one kingdom? Very legitimate comment. Uh, uh, very le legitimate question. But I wanted us to look at the two kingdoms a little bit so that we could contrast them and see how much more beneficial it is to just be a servant in one kingdom instead of belonging to one kingdom and then cheating on another with another kingdom. You follow what I'm saying? And in my experience, limited as it is, tells me that as Christians who belong to the kingdom of God, that we often fudge a little bit. And I, I, I'm trying to be kind and, and gentle. Fudge a little bit. Um, and, 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 and in some ways are unfaithful to our king and go serve another kingdom, another king. In, in, in many, many ways. So uh, that's what I want to... That's why my title is Two Kingdoms. We'll contrast the two. But before we go to the two kingdoms, I want to talk about just about the idea of kingdom and want to sharpen your mind a little bit um, by asking a few questions. So my first question is, what is needed for a kingdom? When you're talking about a kingdom, what makes you talk about a kingdom? What makes it a kingdom? What is needed for, for, it, makes, for it to make sense to talk about a kingdom? Well... First of all, you need to have a king. <laughs> Otherwise, how do you have a kingdom? But I, I want to specify that this is a king who rules. If he doesn't rule, you can hardly speak of a kingdom uh, because there is a king who sets the tone over everything. A king. What you also need is a country or a territory or a domain. So a king, a domain, a territory, a country, the third thing that you need is the people in that country, the people in that domain, in that territory. And then fourthly, you need a constitution or laws or, if you will, guidelines or whatever the situation might be, whatever name you give it. So a king, for you to have a kingdom, you need a king, you need the people, you need... Um, uh, <laughs> the territory... And you need, I was out of, out of order there a little bit. And, uh, uh, and then you need the, the, the constitution or the, the, the laws of, of the land. Uh, secondly, what is a kingdom? What is a kingdom? That's a good question because if you speak of kingdom, somebody's asking, well, what is a kingdom? A kingdom is a place or a domain where a king rules. That's a kingdom. Uh, uh, if, if, if there is no king there, and if he's not ruling, and there's not a specific place, then you, you cannot talk of a kingdom. Because the word kingdom has to do with a king, and the dom has to do with a domain. A kingdom. So you have a king who rules over a domain, which includes a, a location, which includes a, a, a people. Uh, and then thirdly, what is the kingdom of, of God? What is the kingdom of God? Just in brief, later on I'll have a better definition for, for you. One that, that, that is my definition that, you know, and I'm, I'm nobody special, so your definition might be better than my definition. But I've thought about it a little bit. But just a brief description of what is the kingdom of God. That would be the place, the domain, where Jesus rules. Jesus is the king, and where he rules, there is the kingdom of God. We're going to describe it a little bit more later on, but for now. And that kingdom is a spiritual kingdom. A spiritual kingdom. 
um, we have to keep that in mind. But a spiritual kingdom always manifests itself, not only in spiritual matters, but in matters that also go from the spiritual into the physical and the natural. It manifests itself there. So we'll talk about that a little bit more again. Uh, so is it possible, this is my next question, question number four, to be part of a kingdom and be unfaithful, unfaithful to it and serve a competing kingdom? Is that possible? Oh, of course, it happens all the time. It happens all the time. And the question then is, what is that called? You could call it spying. You could call it treason. In the book of James, James calls it as the people of God often are unfaithful and they start serving another, another one. He calls it adultery, such as a, a husband or wife being unfaithful to their spouse. Now, my next question is, is this a serious offense? And you would agree with me that this is a very serious offense. Um, yes. And so we cannot be casual about it. When it comes to the kingdom of God, well, let me just back out of that and just say this. When it comes to a country, treason is punishable by death. Well, as children of God, uh, we are grateful of, for God's grace that He doesn't strike us. He doesn't strike us because we are His children. And he struck Jesus for our, our uh, 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 breaking the law, being unfaithful, being adulterous in that sense, as James is describing it, or being treasonous, if you will. Uh, so thank God for his grace. I want to give you some of those questions to think about it a little bit uh, so that I can focus your thinking and, and say that, hey, you know, the kingdom of God is not something that you cannot describe. It is not something ah, beyond our uh, description. Now, ultimately it is, but just to get an idea of what the kingdom of God is, for a working idea that we can live with and that we can live by and that can guide us into the direction where the Lord would have us to go for victory, then this is, this is, uh, this is no mystery. So, uh, the kingdom of God. Let's talk about now, we talked about the general idea of kingdom. Now, uh, let's talk about the kingdom of God in, in specific. Um, like I said, the kingdom of God is a spiritual kingdom. So, because it's spiritual, it is invisible. You can't see spiritual things. There's spirits all around you and all over the place, but you can't see them. It is invisible. Um, but... These invisible things manifest itself in the natural and in the physical realm as well, and then it becomes visible. Uh, yeah, let me just give you an example. Um, uh, when I love my wife, yes, well, that's to say I love my wife, but I'm just trying to uh, describe a case when I love my wife. I love my wife all the time. Um, then that would express itself in the physical realm as well. Though loving my wife is a spiritual thing, love is a, is a fruit of the spirit, it's a spiritual thing, it manifests itself in the natural. That I would do some things, or a lot of things, that would uh, be to her well-being and, and benefit, right? Uh, if you love somebody. So here's the example of uh, spiritual but it manifests itself also in the natural. So, may I give you my definition of the kingdom of God? My definition of the kingdom of God goes like this. The kingdom of God is the invisible rule and reign of King Jesus over all spheres of life or every sphere of life and it becomes visible when his children become obedient. I'll give it to you one more time. The kingdom of God is the invisible rule and reign of King Jesus in every sphere of life that becomes visible when his children become obedient. So that 
every sphere of life. So we're thinking about the kingdom of God coming to a person. And that's true. That's correct. But the kingdom of God, it doesn't just come to a person. It can come to a whole group of people, an organization, if you will. So not the organization as uh, 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 benches and, 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 and uh, seats and chairs and buildings. It is the organization, the people that are in the organization. So that when, when I say the kingdom of God is in me, what I'm saying is that I have come under the rulership of Jesus Christ. So, but could the kingdom of God come to the high school over here? Yes. If the high school, the people in the high school come under the authority and the rulership of Jesus Christ then the kingdom of God has come over there. So, but the idea is that um, how do we make it visible? How do we make the kingdom of God visible? By obeying God, by doing what God is asking us to do. In other words, let us say that as a church, church group, you go with a dozen people to a restaurant you sit there, you order, you eat, you have interactions with the waiter or waitresses or, or whatever. All of that that you know that goes along with eating dinner in a restaurant. Then my question to you is, when you leave as a group, does, do the people in the restaurant realize, have you made the kingdom of God visible enough that they are thinking, oh, the kingdom of God has visited over here. Well, they may not know that it's the kingdom of God, but they know that something different happened there. This group of people are different than most of the, the groups that are coming in because you have made the kingdom of God visible. And this is one of the things, the reasons why I want to contrast these two kingdoms because so often uh, as Christians, we don't make the kingdom of God visible. We make the kingdom of the enemy visible in so, many, in so many places and in so many ways, even sometimes in the church. So I want to contrast them for you, but in just a little bit. So now, the question is then, the kingdom of God, how do I enter the kingdom of God? How do I enter the kingdom of God? Let me just give you a, a couple of verses and then talk about it a little bit. In John 1, 12 and 13, it reads like this in the New King James Version. It reads like, But as many as received him, to them he gave the right to become the children of God, even to those, or to them, to those, uh, who believe in his name, who were born not of blood, not of the will of the flesh, not of the will of man, but of God. The word born, but born of God. The word born is left out over there, but it's certainly included. It's, it speaks about the second birth over there. So born of God, if you fill in the, behind the word but, born of God, you don't do injustice to the scripture at all. Matter of fact, it, it is quite uh, uh, appropriate to do it. So then it speaks there in verse 13 about a birth of blood, a birth of the flesh, a birth of the will of man. That is one birth. We were all born that way. But now it talks about a second birth, a different sort of a birth, at the birth of God, born of God. So he says that when we receive him and we believe in him, he gives us the right to become his children. Oh, I need to clarify something to you. Because out there, people say, aren't we all children of God? Well, in a sense, yes, and in a sense, no. Let me just explain what I'm trying to say. Because over here it says, it specifies here, right in these two verses, John 1, 12 and 13, it specifies here, to them that be receive him and believe him, he gives the right to become his children. So uh, uh, apparently, there's some people that don't have the right to become his children until they believe and they receive. So, um, children of God. So there is, all of us have been born 
and God has created us. We, I suppose we all agree on that. Um, and so he is our father, as we are his children, concerning creation. But here it speaks about another fatherhood and another childhood. Here it speaks about a, a, a fatherhood that has to do uh, or, or, or uh, uh, becoming a child from a father rather than the creator. Yes? Okay. Let me, let me maybe, I, I forget now exactly what I said. Uh, let, let me trace it back one more time. So we can be children of God as God being the creator or we can be children of God as God being our father. In the second instance, when, when it talks about the second birth, it is he, he becomes our father as we become his children. But you can also look at it from another perspective that, that we are his children as, as, as belonging to the creator of being created by the creator. So there is a difference over there. Um, so it speaks about a first birth and a second birth. And uh, John says here that we must have, have, we must have the second birth also. It is the same thing that Jesus said to Nicodemus. That if you want to enter the kingdom of God, you must be born again. The second birth. Same, same idea. That is how you enter into the kingdom of God. So, so... The message that I have for those who are on the outside of the kingdom of God, because you have not been born again, right? If you have not been born again, you must be born again. So the message that I have for those who are still on the outside of the kingdom of God, you must be born again. You must be born again. And the way you are born again is by committing your life and yielding your life to King Jesus to come under his rulership and believing that he died for you on the cross and he rose from the dead on the third day. That is the core of the gospel. If you'd like to find out more about it, you're welcome to give me a call. Welcome to talk to another pastor or, or, or whatever. But my phone number is 361-779-4210. If you want to be born again, give me a call. I'll be happy to help you and show you the way. The message today though, is not so much to those outside of the kingdom of God, but it is to the, those on the inside of the kingdom of God, those in the kingdom. So, um, yes, so after you've been born again, the second birth, the Father, the Heavenly Father, your Heavenly Father, my Heavenly Father, expects us to start representing Him. In other words, we have to go to work. Because he has work for us to do in that we would represent him outwardly so that more people can be born again and enter the kingdom of God. So then, um, the work that we have to do is one, uh, somebody says we have to represent him as an ambassador. We have to represent him. Somebody plays with the word and says we have to represent him or some other one place where the word said we have to represent him. Okay, all three I'll buy and I'll just explain them just a bit. Represent him is just like an ambassador. Represent him is we need to present him again and again and again so that other people can enter the kingdom of God. And then the last one is to represent him. That is, uh, 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 this is just my way of, of saying it uh, 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 because people were playing with the words represent and uh, Represent. So I, I thought, well, I give, I give you a third one. Represent him. That is to say that you make him present wherever you are. That you make him present wherever you are. So he wants us to go to work as ambassadors of his kingdom. He wants us to go to work as ambassadors of his kingdom. Well, may I give you my definition of an ambassador? I wrote it down over here. Is a representative of country A who lives in country B and acts only in the delegated authority of country A according to the wishes of the government of country A which backs him or her up. Alright? 
I give it to you again, real quick. An ambassador is a representative of country A, or you could say A country, but then I have to a hard time referring back to which country. There's two countries. So, an, a representative of country A who lives in country B and acts only in the delegated authority of country A according to the wishes of the government of country A which backs him or her up. Alright? So, this is this is what Jesus is talking about when he gives us what people, uh, what Baptists in particular, if not all people, all Christians call the Great Commission. The idea of the commission that Jesus gives us to go into the world and make disciples and make converts and so on and so forth. So let me read to you and then we're going to relate it to the definition of ambassador and, and see what we, what we come up with. Matthew 28, 18 through 20. Matthew 28, 18 through 20 reads like this. And Jesus came and spoke to them, saying, He is fixing to give, give them instructions. He is about to go on. And He is giving them instructions for what they are supposed to be doing. The same thing that I just told you a minute ago. That when you are born again, you have entered into the kingdom of God, God has work for you to do. One of those things is being an ambassador and represent Him, represent Him and represent Him and being an ambassador to do the work to get more people to come into the kingdom and to teach them how to walk in, in, in this kingdom. So let's look at it. And Jesus came and spoke to them saying, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. The word all over there in the scriptures, when God says all, he means all. If there's exceptions, he'll tell us about the exceptions. All. There's no exceptions. All, not minus one, not 90%. All authority. All the authority in the universe, in the universe belongs to Jesus Christ in heaven and in earth. There you go. So, but now he's going to delegate and he's going to say, I'm going to send you to be ambassadors. And I'm going to delegate my authority to you so that you can go in my authority. But remember, you do my stuff, not your stuff. Okay? Uh, so, and then he says, go, therefore. So, no, no, stay put over here. You have work to do. Go, therefore. The word therefore means on the basis of the fact that all authority in the universe is given to me. I'm sending you, go. Remember, all authority is given to, to me. Nobody can do anything to you uh, 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 because I have all the authority. Uh, go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. So here he says, go and make disciples, baptizing them. Baptizing means that these are new converts. The new converts are the ones that you baptize, right? Uh, 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 as we find in the scriptures, we find in the book of Acts that the, 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 the jailer was baptized the same night that, that he was saved by Paul and, and, uh, and Barnabas or Paul and, uh, Paul and Barnabas, Paul and Silas. I just, my mind uh, uh, slips here for a second. How you call that? Old age or something? Um, senior memory. Um, and then we find that, that, that Philip baptizes the eunuch also right after the eunuch believes come to by a body of water and the eunuch says what keeps you from being baptized and 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 uh, philip says to him if you believe with all your heart that jesus is the son of god you may be baptized poof and the baptism right there, right shortly after he became a believer so when it talks about baptizing it talks about conversion new believers people are entering into the kingdom of god yes then he goes on to say and he says Teaching them, those who you have baptized now, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you. All things that I have commanded you. The instructions that I have given you. Not the, not the things that you want to do. Not the things that other people want you to do. But the things that I have commanded you. The instructions that I have for you. And lo, I'm with you always. 
and even to the end of the age. I'm with you always. I, I, I got you back. I am with you. I sent you. I am with you. If you just work under my authority and, and do the things that I ask you to do and don't step out from there. So this is what Jesus is describing over here as to what he has in mind for us, the work that he has for us to do. And of course, it is much broader than just these few verses because it involves a lot to make converts and it involves a lot to make disciples. Yes, you, you, you know that. Um, so, uh, so now, if somebody says, um, the kingdom of God has come to you, I can see it, what would that mean? The kingdom of God has come to you, I can see it, means that they, people can see, you have made visible, you have made visible, people can see that you are under the rulership of Jesus Christ, that Jesus Christ is your king, that Jesus Christ is your king. So, now, um, the idea of being an ambassador, like I, like I said earlier, uh, there is much more to, to, to be said about that. It, it is a journey. It is a journey. You don't become a great ambassador just like that, or a mature ambassador, or somebody who, who knows all the, quote-unquote, the guidelines of an ambassador. It takes some time. It takes some learning. It takes some studying. It takes some yielding and obeying. And obeying. So, in other words, choosing his ways over other ways. Choosing the ways of King Jesus over any other ways. A journey. Uh, to, it, it takes a journey to observe all the things and to teach others to observe all the things that Jesus has commanded us. It takes, it takes a bit. But although that takes a period of time and growth and study and obeying and yielding to Jesus Christ, that decision, that decision to come under his rulership from now on totally best you can, you can make that decision today. Today. It reminds me of Joshua 24-15. My bad. Choose you this day, today, whom you will serve. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. So my dear friends, I want to invite you. A, a, a Christian or non-Christian. If you don't belong to the kingdom of God yet, I want to invite you to today. Today, this day, to make the choice to choose that you come under the rulership of Jesus Christ. And if you are a Christian, but you have sort of, <laughs> you have been a little bit, come see, come a little casual, a little flippant about your walk, then I want to invite you and encourage you today to make the choice that you say to the Lord today, from today on, me and my household, we shall serve you, Lord. We shall serve you. So, we talked a little bit about the kingdom and some of those related things. And now I want to give you a little bit of an outline as I am contrasting one kingdom versus another one. I'm going to give you five points here. Uh, one, the fact that there are two kingdoms. Second point of the outline is two ways of fighting. I'll explain. The third point is two purposes. The fourth point is two sets of weapons. If you're going to fight, there's weapons. Five, two results. So I give it to you again. One, two kingdoms. Two, two ways of fighting. Three, two purposes. Four, two sets of weapons. And five, two results. So, Let's talk about then point one, that there are two kingdoms. If we look in John 18, 36, John 18, 36, uh, we hear Jesus say this to, to Pontius Pilate. My kingdom is not of this world. If my kingdom were of this world, my servants would fight so that I should not be delivered to the Jews. But now my kingdom is not from here. 
So Jesus makes it very clear that his kingdom is not from here. His kingdom is not of this world. It, it is of another place, not of this world. So right there, we have to distinguish between the kingdom of this world and the kingdom of another place. Two kingdoms. He says his kingdom is not of this world. Then he specifies that if his kingdom was of this world, that his servants would have fought to keep him out of the hands of the Jews. Okay? So what is this fighting thing then? What is this fighting thing? Because there are two ways of fighting. There's two ways of fighting. The one that Jesus means over here that if his kingdom was of this world, so that's my second point, two ways of fighting. If his kingdom was of this world, his servants would fight to keep him out of the, out of the hands of the Jews. What he means by that, by that is they would fight with clubs and swords, or in this day maybe with pistols or, or whatever. They would fight with with great violence to hurt people. Uh, uh, but Jesus says that his kingdom is not of this world, So, but we do know also that the people of his kingdom, they do fight, not with clubs and swords, but they fight the good fight. And in a little bit, I will talk to you about the weapons that we use in our kingdom and that the, in the kingdom of darkness that they use over there. So once again, the kingdom of God is spiritual. Is spiritual and um, when the disciples are asking Jesus teach us how to pray Jesus is saying in Matthew 6 10 your kingdom come your will be done on earth as it is in heaven so your kingdom come your will be done on earth as it is, is in heaven so he, he is asking he's saying you remember this is a prayer that we're praying that would happen, right? Uh, we are praying that the kingdom of God would come. And what would it look like? That your will would be done on earth as it is in heaven. So it is not till we become obedient that the kingdom of God comes to earth in a visible way, like I was explaining earlier. In a visible way. I'm going to harp the idea of that we make the kingdom of God visible. Otherwise, we are just a mystery. Otherwise, people have no idea that you belong to the kingdom of God if you don't make it visible. They can't see it. It's not written on your face, not written on your back. They can see it. But if we make it visible, then they can see that we belong to something different than the other people that maybe they know, or a lot of the other people that maybe they know. You see what I'm saying? That we make the kingdom of God visible by our obedience to God. That's what Jesus is saying over here. That will be that your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. We know then that in heaven, God's kingdom is there. Yes? <laughs> we know that because his will is done in, in, in heaven. That's what it's saying over here. That your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. As your will is being done in heaven. His will is done in heaven, so in heaven, if you were in heaven and you could see, you could see that the kingdom of God is there because His will is being done. But all too often, His children that belong to His kingdom here on earth, people can't discern, people can't see, people can't recognize, people can't see that there's something different because we just like everybody else. But then, no, Jesus says, His kingdom is different. His kingdom... Uh, uh, we need to make it visible so that other people can see truly that the kingdom of God is here. And he's, he's asking us to pray that way, that, his, that your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. That is how people will be able to recognize and see that the kingdom of God is here. So then um, we'll take a quick look at Colossians 1.15 just to, make, to give you the idea of visibility. Um, it, uh, uh, Colossians 1.15 starts with He, that is Jesus, because it, it relates to verse 14. Uh, no, no time to, to go back, but you can check it out yourself. It relates to uh, uh, verse 14, which speaks about Jesus. He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. So here you have the idea then, ha, huh, it, is, it is a a funny way of saying it, sort of, because 
One, first of all, that Jesus is not a born person. So the word, the word firstborn over here, you need to explore it a little bit, check it out a little bit. Uh, it is the word prototokos, prototokos, that has to do with the superiority of Jesus, not the birth. So it speak, doesn't speak here of the birth 2,000 years ago. Here it speaks of the firstborn of all creation, the, the, the first and the most important one, the supreme one. Okay, I'm not going there, I just want to point it out a little bit. That's a little bit funny verse to interpret. And then he says, Jesus is the image of the invisible God. Huh, okay. He is an invisible God. Well, how can it be an image? Ah, I'm glad you asked. It is because Jesus made visible the invisible God. This is what he's asking us to do. To make visible the invisible God. Because we belong to Jesus. And he's made us his ambassadors to do the same thing. To make visible the invisible God. Oh my dear brothers and sisters. If we could just remember how important our role is here on the earth. So this is our second point. The second point was two ways of fighting. So let's talk about that just a little bit. All right, um, there's two kingdoms, we talked about that, two kingdoms, and these two kingdoms each want to expand their territory. Yes, yes. Now, when I say that, the thought that might pop in your head is, well, huh, God is the almighty God. He can squash the kingdom of God, darkness, just like that. You are right. But God has decided that he is not going to do it yet. At some later time, he will do that. But for right now, he has decided that he wants to use his children to expand his kingdom. He wants to use his children to expand his kingdom. So, we go to battle and fight to expand the kingdom of God. Now, how do we do that? Because we fight with the weapons of the kingdom. But I'm, we're going to talk about that in just a little bit. But he, here we see that we are busy about expanding the kingdom of God. Let me just give you a couple of examples. When you enter into the kingdom and you are born again, God puts in you the kingdom of God. Uh, your heart belongs to Jesus. It's ruled by Jesus. Your kingdom of God is in you. And um, he has put that kingdom there in you in its full potential. Yes? But not in its full development quite yet. As you walk with God, he keeps developing the kingdom within you and expands it so that more and more of you is coming under the rulership of Jesus Christ. Are you with me? Stay with me now. Stay with me now. So... Um, and he will develop the kingdom of God within me and expand it within me, but he has also given the, his other children the responsibility of expanding the kingdom within me. And they are going to use the weapons of the kingdom lest they expand another kingdom within me or promote another kingdom. Um, so, I give you an example. Uh, my wife is also in the kingdom of God. So God has put the kingdom of God of himself in her in its full potential. Not quite in its full development yet. And he has given me the job to help expand the kingdom, his kingdom, within my wife. But the only way that, can be, that I can be effective in expanding the kingdom of God within my wife is if I use the weapons of his kingdom. If I use the weapons of another kingdom, I promote another kingdom. Excuse me. <laughs> Why? That is a serious, that's a serious mistake. That's a serious, um, how you call that? Uh, uh, I'll just say mistake. Uh, earlier I told you it is treasonous. 
it is uh, adulterous, uh, not in the sense that um, uh, that I was unfaithful to her, but I was unfaithful to my king in promoting another kingdom instead of his kingdom. So then when I engage the weapons of the kingdom of God, and we're going to talk about them in just a little bit, then I get to expand the kingdom of God within my wife. That is my job. That is my job. My job description says you must expand the kingdom of God in other people. And my brothers and my sisters in Christ, they must expand the kingdom of God within me as well. So it is not just me that is going to expand the kingdom of God in my wife, but she must do the same to me. But I'm just coming from my point of view for right now so that I can give you, I want to show you my responsibility as a husband. And your responsibility as a husband. And my responsibility as one that belongs to, that he has said, you are one of mine because you believe me and you receive me. You have the second birth. You have entered the kingdom of God. This is part of your responsibility. And it's part of your responsibility. And it's part of everybody else's responsibility. But let me just talk about me now. So it is my responsibility to expand the kingdom of God within my wife. And I must bring everything to bear to promote and advance and expand the kingdom of God within my wife. I cannot promote another kingdom, dear brothers and sisters. Please be aware of this. Please take it serious, your walk, lest you commit treason. So, uh, now then, let's just go to the, 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 the third point. Uh, Two purposes. Two purposes. The purpose of the kingdom of darkness. <laughs> it says it right there. The kingdom of darkness. Its purpose is to get you in darkness. The purpose of the kingdom of God, darkness ultimately is, is get you to go to hell. That's what, that's what the enemy has in mind. He has nothing else in mind. That is what he ultimately has in mind. And whatever way he can make that, manipulate that and do, 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 do that, that work, that's what he's going to do. And, but if, if he has already lost you for eternity, he cannot get you to hell because you belong to Jesus Christ, then what he wants to do is have you live in defeat where you don't promote the kingdom of God at all. You promote actually his kingdom. You're living in defeat. <laughs> I'm defeated. Oh, how are you doing? Oh, I'm okay. <laughs> yes. It's okay to say, oh, I'm okay. But hey, follow that up with saying, I'm okay. I'm, I'm in, a, in a difficult situation right now. I have it a little bit hard. Uh, I'm in pain. I'm in difficulty. But I belong to Jesus, and he's going to see me through. Don't give me the, I'm, I'm so terrible. I don't care what everybody what everybody's teaching you. But this is not the way to go to life. <laughs> and you know what? Come to my church over here. We are okay people. What is this? <laughs> no, 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 no. I understand very well that some people have the idea that when they, when they are not doing good and they say, hey, I'm doing fine, that they are saying like a, a, a little lie. No, no, no. I want you to just have a different perspective. I want you to have the perspective, I'm in pain, I'm in financial stress, I can't pay the bills, whatever, but I belong to God, there's no reason for me to be down in the dumps, because I belong to Him. It is not that my circumstances are not good, but it's that the one that I belong to is good, and He's greater than the circumstances. He rules it all. So, I don't have to go over there. So, the purposes then of the kingdom of darkness is through hate to get us to hell and if we are if he has already lost us for eternity then he wants us to live in defeat so here on earth he wants us to live in defeat christian and non-christian but the the purposes of the kingdom of god are love because ultimately through this love god wants to get many people to heaven one and before we go to heaven, while we're still on earth, he wants us to live in victory. We'll get to that. I'm coming to the end here pretty close. The fourth point I want to make is that there are two sets of weapons. 
that are, are used. In the kingdom of darkness, they use a certain one set of weapons. And in the kingdom of God, they use another set of weapons. We cannot go into too much, too much detail. Uh, otherwise, it, it gets too long. But I just want to make a, a, a couple of points here. One, the, the, the weapons. And in these five points, some of these overlap a little bit. Um, the, the weapons of the kingdom of darkness are hate, lies, confusion, deception, the flesh, jealousy, theft, temptation, you name it. There's a slew of them. But in the kingdom of God, the weapons which, which we fight to expand his kingdom are uh, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, the armor of God, the belt of truth, uh, the breastplate of righteousness. Feet shot with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Shield of faith. Helmet of salvation. The sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. Prayer. And then, if that was not enough, then Paul, Jesus says to the apostle Paul, that love never fails. Love never fails. So that if we are going to go about being ambassadors for Jesus Christ in expanding his kingdom, we need to use a lot of love. Love in every sense, in every way. Love. Um, in uh, Ephesians, what is it, 6, we, have, we read about the armor of God. And uh, 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 Paul says there that when we have the full armor of God, we get to wrestle and we get to fight. And after we have wrestled and fought, we get to stand. That means when you have wrestled and you stand, that means you have the victory. Uh, and, and these few verses that we find over there in Ephesians the sixth chapter concerning the, the full armor of God, the word stand is used three times. It stands for victory. That is to say that Paul says that if we put on the armor of God, not the armor of the enemy, the armor of God, that we will stand in victory. That we will stand in victory. And then the fifth point of, of the sermon today is there are two results. Two results. Um, the results are plainly that if you use the weapons of the kingdom of God, if you're walking in, I'm uh, sorry, if you use the weapons of the kingdom of darkness and you're walking in the ways of the kingdom of darkness and you engage those type of things, You'll have defeat in your life. You'll have death in your life. Those are the results. You have devastation in your life. You have darkness. You have brokenness in all kinds of ways, including relationships and, and, and you name it. And you have all kinds of division. Whereas in the kingdom of God, the results would be, I already told you about the armor of God that, that guarantees the results. Um, uh, love never fails. The armor of God says you get to stand after you have wrestled. So it's not like there's no wrestling. It's not like there's no struggle. There is struggle. Because the flesh and the spirit, they even within you are struggling with each other. <laughs> I don't mind struggle. I just want the victory. I just want to win. Yes. So there's victory. The results in the kingdom of God are victory, life, love, light, peace, joy, Patience, kindness, goodness, grace, mercy, you forgiveness, you name it. There it is. That's other results. So you have defeat on one end or victory. Or you can subdivide it any other way that you want to. But my question to you is this. And I've asked this to my church many times. And this is, this is to my church. This message is to my church. But I'm very well aware that there's also other people that are watching. So I want to I wanna give you this also. Um, my question to you is, when there's two sports teams competing, let us, let us go with football. There's two teams competing with football. It is close to the end. One team is obviously winning and one team is obviously losing. Uh, they don't end up even. There's a winner and there's a loser. And the, let us say that one team is quite a bit ahead of the other team and there's no chance for the, the losing team, the team that is behind to catch up and win. When you watch that on television, can you tell which one is 
which team is winning and which team is losing? Oh, you can tell easily. I, I can show you exactly what, what it looks like. The, the, the losing team, the losing team, they have like towels on their head and they like this and you know, and they, there's no smiles, there's no laughter, there's no joy. They're just somber, they're losing. Anybody can see that they're losing. But the winning team, they're jumping, they're smiling, they're laughing, they're joking with each other. Um, and some, some guys, a couple of guys are getting a, 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 a big five gallon jug of uh, uh, Gatorade ready to souse it on the coach's head. And, and they look at boom. There is joy, they're celebrating. You can tell which team is winning and which team is losing. My dear brothers and sisters, my dear friends, those who maybe are not in the kingdom of God, but that need to be born again. If your life looks like this, is that what you want? Is that what you want your life to look like? If that, is that what you want your marriage to look like? Is that what you want your family to look like? Is that how you want your church to look like? Is that where you want where you work? Is that what you want it to look like? I, I suppose not. You want them to be full of joy, full of victory, full of triumph, happy, smiling, because there is victory. It just comes with victory. Yes? So it's not that you mind battling. It is that you want to win. And God wants you to win. And I want you to win. I don't say that winning means that God is delivering you out of every difficulty. That is simply not true. Here on earth, there's difficulty. Some people think that, hey, how are you doing? I'm doing, I'm doing okay. When I get over this hump, uh, I'll, be, I'll be fine. Oh no, there is another hump. Let me just inform you right now. There is another hump. Uh, so, um, just be ready. Here on earth, it is not easy. There's a battle going on. But you can win if you do things God's way. Not only can you win in outward circumstance, but you can also win in within your spirit. That your spirit is joyful and full of joy. And that you're not downcast all the time or most of the time. So, uh, let me invite you. To be a good ambassador and make the kingdom of God visible so other people will be attracted to the kingdom. Uh, then you can tell them about your King Jesus. And when you tell them about King Jesus, Jesus will do everything that he, that, to, to make it possible for that person to come into the kingdom of God. So choose today to serve the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords is my invitation.